As we turn to Scripture, let's pray together. Open our hearts and our minds, O God, that as the Scriptures are read and proclaimed, we may receive your word with joy and respond with faithful service. Amen. We're continuing our series this week, Signs of the Kingdom. Where do you see signs of the kingdom? Where do you see the Spirit at work in and through and around you? Last week we talked about a couple of signs, the lightness that comes from laying down our burdens and worries and trusting in God's grace, and the light that we can shine for others so that they can find their way to that grace. Well, this week we pick up another sign from Matthew chapter 13. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole, whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the word of the Lord. In my younger days, I used to do theater, and I got to act out this parable as part of the musical Godspell. I was one of four actors, each of us playing a different seed, each of us meeting a different end. The first actor was the seed that fell on the path, and as soon as she hit the stage, she was immediately jumped by other actors wearing beaks and flapping their wings and cawing like crows. They pecked her to death. The second actor was the seed that fell on the rocky path. He jumped up immediately and started to do a little dance, but then a piece of cardboard that was painted to look like the sun was held up over him, and he drooped and withered and then collapsed on stage. The next was my big moment, for I was the seed cast among the thorns, and I was determined to play my part with special magnificence. Unfortunately, I was surrounded by equally zealous actors playing the thorns, and before I could even get warmed up, they started choking me, and I had no choice but to die a quick, tragic death at their hands. Then, of course, the last seed fell on the good soil, and she came to life slowly and gracefully and bowed to the audience, and everyone cheered. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so, where are you in this story, right? It's hard to hear this parable and, and not start to worry about the state of your life. If the seed is God's word, God's grace, God's creative power, then what kind of soil am I? Am I good soil where seeds can take root and grow? Or am I rocky soil or thorny soil or soil with birds circling overhead? What can I do to clean up this little patch of earth that is my life? That's often how we read this parable, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I'm not sure that's the whole story, because 
it takes a parable of grace and starts to turn it into a parable of fear. See, this parable is all about growing things, and fear can never make things grow. Maybe you know the old frog and toad children's books. Anyone remember these? In one story, Toad wants to plant a garden, so he gets some seeds and he runs home and he plants them in the ground. And now seeds, he says, start growing. He walks up and down a few times waiting, but the seeds don't start to grow. So he puts his head close to the ground and says more loudly, now seeds, start growing. Still the seeds do not grow. Finally, Toad puts his head right down on the ground and shouts, Now, seeds, start growing! Then Frog comes running up along the path. What is all the noise, he asks. My seeds won't grow, says Toad. You are shouting too much, says Frog. These poor seeds are afraid to grow. Leave them alone for a few days. Let the sun shine on them and let the rain fall on them. Soon your seeds will start to grow into something beautiful. Fear does not make beautiful things grow. So let's not focus on ourselves for a moment and worry about what kind of soil we are. Instead, let's turn our attention to the sower. After all, this is called the parable of the sower, not the parable of the soil. I think Jesus is painting a portrait of divine extravagance here. The sower is God, and God doesn't just scatter seeds of grace on good soil. God scatters them all over the place, on the path and on the rocky soil and on soil thick with thorns. God is like a wild farmer who steps out of the house and just starts slinging seeds every direction. And some lands on the asphalt driveway and some, some seeds land in the shrubs in front of the house and some land on the gravel out near the street and some are caught by the wind and end up on the roof. They land all over the place and some find a tiny patch of earth and with a little rain and a little sunshine and a little patience, something beautiful grows. And day after day, God does it again and again and again, scattering seeds with reckless abandon. God scatters seeds of grace in mansions and in jails, in people taking the last breath of their lives and in the excited hearts of children, at birthday parties and in hospital rooms, in churches and synagogues and mosques and coffee shops, on pickleball courts and in office buildings, in conversations around the dinner table in the quiet stillness of the morning, in laughter and in tears, in war and in peace, God keeps on scattering seeds of grace endlessly, recklessly, extravagantly. Now this is not to deny that sometimes the seeds fall on rocky soil, that sometimes our little patch of earth seems to be nothing but thorns. And this is not to deny that grace will change us, as Anne Lamott wrote, I do not understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are and does not leave us where it found us. Grace will change us, yes, and sometimes our lives can get messy with thorns, yes, but the sign of the kingdom here is that even in the most barren of soil, the seeds of grace are there. 
They may be small, they may be fragile and hidden, but they are there. You have never been to a truly God-forsaken place because there is no such place. And you have never met a person who doesn't have the seeds of grace planted within them. They may be buried deep, they may be hard to see, they may be neglected and even scorned, but they are there just waiting to burst forth with new life. You know, it seems like the last few years of our common life have been especially tumultuous. Maybe people always feel like they're living through tumultuous times, but with COVID and with our, our broken social life and with our toxic political climate and with our warming natural climate, I think we've got a strong case to make that we're living in tumultuous times. And to many people, the future seems dry and desolate, full of rocks and thorns, devoid of grace. In the midst of that fear, we remember the promise that no place is truly God-forsaken, that no person is ever beyond the reach of redemption, that seeds of grace, small and fragile and hidden, are present everywhere. They are signs of the kingdom. And we are called, we are called to tend the little patch of earth that is given to us, to nurture the seeds of grace we find there, to live not out of fear but with love so that with a little rain and a little sunshine and a little patience, something beautiful can grow. And if the seeds of grace are planted in each of us and all of us, then despite our differences, we can be of one mind in affirming the beauty and dignity of every single person. And we can stand united against anything that would deny or diminish that. If God's grace is at work in everyone, then there is no place for abuse or bullying, no place for violence or violation. This too, is our calling to nurture the seeds of grace found in every person and to resist any and every attempt to destroy them. Of course, in the end, our hope is not finally in our ability to live up to that calling, but in the extravagance of the sower who just keeps scattering seeds of grace here and there and everywhere. In the midst of trying times, I often find solace in this poem by Wendell Berry. When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty by the water, and the green heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day blind stars waiting with their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world and I'm free. Rest in the grace of the world. Rest in the grace of God that holds all of us and each of us. Tend the little patch of earth that is in your care. Nurture the seeds of grace, small, fragile, hidden, wherever you find them. And trust that with a little rain and a little sunshine and a little patience, 
something beautiful will grow. Thanks be to God. Amen.